What up, world? Your past first point guard and Trail Blazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. Make it a part of your daily routine. Tell your friends to do the same. Make it your first listen. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. Today's show. Blazers slip to 0-3. Anthony Simons has a right thumb sprain, UCL sprain. He's going to be out four to six weeks. It's just a lot of bad news, but let's walk through it. I think we've seen some signs. This is a young team. They're going to struggle all year. Um, I think this has been a disappointing start, but maybe not a surprising one. And the Anthony Simons is pretty deflating. We're going to talk about that. Talk about two games over the week, and we'll do our fastest recap in the West from Friday's loss to the Sixers and Sunday's or Friday's loss to the Magic and Sunday's loss to the Sixers. Um, Shaden Sharp's playing well. Like he's he's starting. You're starting to see the signs from Shaden Sharp. Uh, and then we'll talk Scoot Henderson and kind of what it means with no Anthony Simons without easy solutions to kind of f- ease Scoot into it. They're throwing him into the fire, and frankly, I think it's a good idea, even if the fire will burn you, particularly early in your career. Okay, first of all, here's what you need to know about Anthony Simons. Plays the first game of the season, um, you know, comes in. He was not in the injury report right away, and then he shows up in the injury report. Oh, he's questionable with a, with a thumb sprain. And then just before tip-off, or hour, you know, day of the game, not just before tip-off, hours before the game, the morning of uh, the morning of Friday's game, it was like, oh, well, actually, Anthony Simons came in for an MRI. He has a UCL sprain in his right thumb. It's on a shooting hand, and he's going to be reevaluated in four to six weeks. Dang. Ant has been the Blazers, like, it was pretty clear Anthony Simons is the Blazers' best player. Um, you know, he's, he's not a good defensive player, but he's, he's good enough on offense to, to, to like take the mantle. I, and I think, uh, some stinky Jeremy Grant games to begin the season made it pretty clear. It's like Simon's the best player, certainly the best guard on the team by, by a pretty wide margin. And he was going to be the guy that made the offense work. Uh, the half court offense is going to be a struggle for him all year long. And Ant was going to be the guy that kind of like got greased the wheels a little bit because he would command double teams. He can get super, super hot, as hot as anyone in the league. Um, you know, he's he's not this like high level passer, but he's got some playmaking skills and he can leverage his um and, and he can leverage his scoring ability to just open things up, right? Like the main thing he's gonna do is have gravity as a scorer in the half court. That's gonna be his main value to the Blazers. And now you're gonna miss him for a month, if not more than that. You know, it's like stinks. It stinks um, because this was, if nothing else, like, you know, I, I don't know that Simons is going to like drastically change the outcome. Certainly was going to make them better because he's a better basketball player. But like, you know, they're 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 probably won't be favored in a game until the Wizards come to town like the week of Christmas. Um, so like they're going to be underdogs for, I don't know, all of, they were going to be dogs a lot of the season. And now they're going to be like not even favored in home games for a long, for a long, long, long stretch. Like, it's going to be tough for him. Simons, though, part of it was not just him sort of greasing the wheels. It was find out what works, right? Can every Simons play next to Scoot Henderson? The earliest, earliest returns. No, not really. Doesn't look good. Can, you know, does he work next to, does he work next to Shaden Sharp? Is he a true point guard? Can you play three guard lineups and overwhelm people? How good is he on offense? What, what kind of steps can he take? And, and do the steps he take help his uh, younger teammates, like specifically Scoot Henderson, also take steps because things get easier because your, te- your co-workers matter. You just don't get that data collection. 
That's tough. That's tough. But it will mean we get a lot of Scoot Henderson and a lot of Shane Sharp. Um, John Billups said after Friday night's game against the Magic that he's going to play the young guys. Shane Sharp started both games. Since then, he's going to play Scoot. He's going to play Shea. They're going to play together. It's. Uh, we'll talk about this later in the show. To me, that's the right move. Unquestionable. We'll talk about that in the third segment a little bit more at length. But uh, we're going to see a lot of it. Let's talk about what we've seen from those two gentlemen and what we've seen from the whole team. Uh, first, let's get into it. Do what we do. Fastest recap in the West. The Blazers on Friday evening. They lose 102-97 to the Orlando Magic. They were down 31-26 at the break. 63-50, or 31-26 after one. 63-55 at the break. Down eight at halftime. Shaden Sharp, 13 points in the first half. Blazers kind of vaguely in it. And then they really hang in it in the third quarter. 82-80 after three, Orlando goes into the fourth quarter with the lead. But the Blazers are still right there with them. They're only down four with eight minutes left, but the Magic rip off a 9-0 run over the next three minutes. They get back to 13, but the Blazers will not go away. They will not go away. They cut a 13-point lead down to five. Uh, they get a fast break with under 30 seconds remaining, and Shaden Sharp kind of gets caught in between pass and shoot decision-making, gets the ball knocked out of bounds. Blazers take a timeout, down five. They need a quick hitter for whatever reason, and for whatever reason, just a bad one. For uh, They run a ATO to set, down five, an ATO to set up a mid-post touch for Jeremy Grant. He gets packed. They don't score. It's, he just gets his... It, everyone in the gym knew he was going to shoot it, including Jalen Suggs, who so wadded his shot and ripped it out of his hands. And the Blazers have to foul, and they go down. They end up losing by five. Uh, Shaden Sharp led the way for the Blazers in that one. 24 points. Didn't shoot it great, but 24-5 with two assists um, to go along with two steals. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon off the bench, 18.7 boards. Jeremy Grant had 15. DeAndre Ayton, a double-double, 15 points, 15 rebounds. Shaden Sharp, uh, excuse me, Scoot Henderson picked up three fouls in the first nine minutes of the game, picked up his fifth foul with eight minutes left in the in the, in the game. He finished with seven points on three of 12 shooting, is one of five from three. Uh, five turnovers, nine missed shots, seven points. Tough one for uh, tough one for Scoot. Robert Williams had six off the bench. Jabari Walker had nine. Uh, for the Magic, Franz Wagner led the way with 23. His brother had 17 off the bench. Cole Anthony, Carolina's own, 18 off the bench for the Magic. Paolo Bancaro, 14, 7, 4, dimes, 11 for Jalen Suggs. Markel Fultz added 8 and 6 assists and 8 points and 9 boards for Wendell Carter Jr. That's your fastest recap in the West. Blazers on Sunday lose again, but this time it wasn't close. It wasn't like they were in it with eight minutes left and in it vaguely with 30 seconds left and need to make plays and didn't make plays. Instead, they just got walloped in the second half against the Sixers. They lose 126-98 in this one. Down 28-36 after three, you know, um, entertaining first quarter. And then the Blazers played really well. Legitimately, I think their best quarter of the season, the second quarter against, uh, against the Sixers. They... Uh, Go into half down 66-60. Jeremy Grant 15 in the first half to keep the Blazers in. I thought he had a really nice game after a couple stinkers uh, to 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 start the season. And then the third quarter happened. And the Sixers started the third quarter 37-10. Whoa! Um, and it, it, it was it was a mess. Excuse me, twenty seven ten rather. Uh, it was you know twenty three eight twenty seven ten to start the quarter. They 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 
finished the quarter up 99-81. Uh, Joel Embiid didn't play in the fourth quarter. DeAndre Ayton didn't play in the fourth quarter. Jeremy Grant didn't play in the fourth quarter. Uh, Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris, they you know they start the quarter and kind of close the door, and nobody has to bring their starters back because the Blazers are down 20 with five minutes left. They're, they're halfway through the quarter. They're still down 20. Blazers play second. On the first night of a back-to-back, they're down 20 with six minutes left. They don't bring their dudes back in the game, or at least their vets, J.G. and DeAndre and J.G. and D.A. do not get back in the game. And that's that. 126-98, Philly, Philly wins. Um, Joel Embiid bonkers bonkers box score um a box score only Aaron Sorkin could love 35-7 two steals and three blocks in 29 and a half minutes 35 15 boards seven assists two steals I I shorted him I said three blocks he had six blocks 35 15 7 3 and 6 in 29 and a half minutes um when Tyrese Maxey also has 26 and Tobias Harris had 24, you're just you just do not have you just do not have enough firepower. Shane Sharp again leads the way for the Blazers, 20 points uh, against the Sixers. Jeremy Grant 17, 15 in the first half, didn't play in the fourth quarter. Malcolm Brogdon 18 off the bench. He finished with 18, five and five. Nice old game for him off the bench. Scoot Henderson struggles again in this one, four points on two of seven shooting. Five fouls, four turnovers. That's five missed shots, five fouls, four turnovers, and just four points. DeAndre Ayton, seven points, nine boards. Uh, Matisse Leibel, who's been really quiet to begin the season, scoreless against Orlando, two against his former team in Philly. Rob Williams, who I thought played pretty well off the bench, six points, seven boards in 25 minutes. Uh, Tamani Kamara, 12, and Jabari Walker, 12. I thought both of those gentlemen played really well. Tamani Kamara... um, he just does stuff. He's an active player, and um, him and him and Jabari, they're they're just kind of limited on offense. Like they're not gonna like you can't like throw them the ball and let them do stuff. But they're just they 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 scream long term role players in the NBA because they can do things. That's your fastest recap in the West. Let's talk about Shaden Sharp. I thought he was he's absolutely been the bright spot this weekend. Uh, I thought Malcolm, or, or, to begin the season, Shaden Sharp absolutely the bright spot. Uh, I thought Malcolm Brogdon is kind of uh, starting to put it together a little bit, and he's he's showing what you can do. Um, let's talk about some some legitimate positives, and specifically Shaden Sharp. Dude's putting it together. He's he's he is. You you used to have to squint to see it. Now you can open your eyes and just see him play. Let's talk about him in the second segment because, you know, there's a lot of like, ugh, there's a lot of yuck with this team. And and I think that's going to be a, a sort of a thing that um, the viewing public we're going to have to deal with um, is that they're going to they're going to struggle. But um, I think we're starting to see it with Shane Sharp, starting to see him put it together. Let's talk about the signs we've seen from Sharp in the second segment. First, I want to tell you about prize picks. It's daily fantasy made easy and daily fantasy made fun. I play prize picks on the app, but you can also play at prizepicks.com. It is super, super simple. Uh, all you get, all you do is you make an entry between two and six players in whatever sport you want. You can even mix and match sports if you're into it. And then you just, you just pick more or less than the stat projections set by prize picks. You're not playing against pros. You're not playing against the field. You're not playing against sharks. It's just you versus those numbers. Uh, super, super simple to do. So I play the NBA because that's what I'm most comfortable with. So it's things like points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. You pick the players that are show up on your app. You make your entry in about a minute. You say they're going to go more or less than the projections that you see. And then that's that. Uh, 
then you win your money with safe and fast withdrawals. So go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use that code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. They give you 100 bucks when you put in 100 bucks. You put in 50 bucks, they'll match you 50 bucks. So go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA and get that first deposit match. It's Prize Picks Daily Fantasy made easy. All right. Last year, the moments where Shaden Sharp was good, sometimes the Blazers would be down 2,000 points and it wouldn't feel as good. There might be more of those in the future. But then in those games, he was playing a role that was like carved out for him to fill up the box score. Now he's just playing starting shooting guard in the NBA and playing pretty well. He didn't shoot super well against the Magic. Uh, you know, he ended up... He ended up uh, 9 of 23 from the floor for 24 points. Like 23 field goal attempts over 24 points. This is not a super efficient game. 14 missed field goals. Um, you know, shot 4 of 11 from 3. One of those was a heave. So 4 of 10 from 3. That's a nice shooting night. But if you watch the game and just didn't hunt the box score, he left some he left some food on his plate. Like he missed open shots. He missed open threes. He had a wide open, like uncovered, naked corner three that he just bricked. Like... He's leaving some stuff on the board. He missed some layups inside against the Magic. Like, he, you know, he's, he, he, you know, at the end of that game with 30 seconds left at full speed, though, kind of lost the ball, got caught in between pass and shoot on a, on a two-on-one fast break. That's it's not a super easy play, but he made it harder on himself. And even then, and even then, 24-5 and five in 40 minutes as a starter in the NBA in a game that was competitive. And then, um, you know, Against the Sixers, he had a quiet first half. He had a, a, a strong third quarter. He had a particularly strong close to the third quarter uh, when the game was kind of out of hand. But um, he, he played well again. He played well. 7 of 13, shot efficiently. Um, 2 of 4 from 3. Uh, you know, he's... 2 assists, 3 turnovers. Like, it, the... He... There's some... Just, uh, simple pass stuff where it's just like get it out of your hands, get it clean, make fundamental plays that he still um, will will struggle with. But like in both of these games, he makes a pass that you're like, okay, if he can do that, he's a different type of player. Against the Magic, they run a empty side pick and roll. So uh, he's coming up from the baseline and DeAndre Ayton sets a screen. Two guys kind of get caught in between. Are they going to switch? They're going to drop. They're trying to drop and get back and not switch one through five. And during that exchange, Sharp just throws a little bounce pass with his right hand, side slinger in the pocket that catches DeAndre Ayton right in, so in stride. Ayton didn't do anything with the play, but it was such a nice pass. Such a comfortable a comfortable look from, from Sharp. Come off the screen, keep the ball in your strong hand, hang dribble to see what the defense is going to do. As soon as you see, make that pass. Perfect touch, perfect timing, perfect weight on the ball. Just like... Oh, if he can throw that little pocket pass, he's a different player. And then in uh, against Philly, they're running uh they're running a, a set where Kumara just cuts across the paint. Um and I I think the read is for Sharp to run a pick and roll, but he just catches it and sees it and throws it and throws it right inside to Kamara who gets an easy dunk. Tamani Kamara's a great cutter, really understands how to play off the ball. Uh, on a good team, Tamani Kamara would be even more valuable if he had better teammates. But like that read. Break off the play, see a guy, get it to him quickly on time, right at his chest so he can just like go up and dunk. Um, accuracy of passes, I think, has been a problem for Sharp. Sometimes he sees the pass, but they're just like at someone's ankles or like just like not a quality pass. Um, both of those are just like, 
oh man, if that's if if that's what he's building towards, you see it. And then the offensive package, it's like he's starting to get a real feel in pick and rolls. Um, you know, he's not a playmaker out of a pick and roll. I, that that's a step for him that he'll take. But like, he's got a lot of offensive moves out of it. Uh, if they if, in drop, he's really good at eating up space right in the drop and then getting into a comfortable mid-range jumper. Um, when teams have gone under or had a bad switch, he's getting way, way better at setting his feet and taking threes. And shooting threes off the dribble behind pick and rolls, that's superstar stuff. Like that's that self-creation and to score from multiple levels, the, the, the from mid-range and from three. And, and uh, against the Sixers, he had a really nice drive to the rim out of a pick and roll where he just got... You know, gets the ball in his, his preferred right hand, uses his left shoulder, uh, continues to make a great play. He had a fast break against the Sixers where he got it out on the run, sees Joel Embiid, who has six blocks at this point, is just having a freaking Wilt Chamberlain night against the Blazers. And Shaden Sharp just uses his incredible athleticism and feel where he goes up on the left side, switches to his right hand with a reverse in midair, throws it up off the glass without looking while Embiid's trying to block it, draws a foul and one at full speed. It's like, cool like like I said you used to have to squint to kind of see it with Shaden it's coming into focus now it's not all there for him but it's coming into focus like I don't mean to hype him up as like let's go but I do mean to say like if you've watched these games and you've kind of slogged through some tough ones for the Blazers Sharp is putting it together Sharp is what you wanted him to be in year two is like okay he still doesn't have the whole thing but he's got all of the parts you want. And when he starts to link more and more parts together because of the physical tools are there, the shooting touch is there, his, um, you know, his sort of um, decisions when to take shots is getting a little bit better. He used to have sort of that pass shoot decision making was tough for him. Um, he's, he's, you know, even in game one, he had a couple highlight put back dunks where it's just like, yeah. <laughs> he, he has he has some physical gifts that other folks don't have and his feel of when to shoot and his shooting touch as that as that fills out he's just going to become a really good offensive player like he's you know he's 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 you can see it with him um you know if there is something the next thing i want to see shaden sharp do uh, you know, he doesn't, it's like this passing stuff, right? Like, I don't think he's going to, passing takes time. It takes feel. It takes, you know, the rhythm. Um, it's also just like a skill development thing. It's like, if you can't throw that one-handed hook pass, that's a skill you need to work on. Then you can throw it and get better at it. All those things. Right. But I think he's shown two, at least back-to-back games, like two plays where it's like good read, good pass. Continue to link those together. The, the next thing, I, sort of the step for me is that I want to see him make, um, just like little hustle plays, little hustle plays. I feel like when you see him get make, like he'll read a rebound off the rim, get over everyone and dunk. But I don't think you see him do like dirty work stuff at the same sort of blinding decision-making athleticism um, quickness. Just a little more physical. Like if you watch him set off ball screens when they run stuff, he's not super physical in screens. Set harder screens. Um, you know, he's he, the the defense. He has some defensive tools, but I don't think he's a very good defender yet. But he has some defensive tools. Like he can, he makes, he has highlight blocks, a million of them in his package, and he gets, you know, um, in his highlight reel, in the highlight package. Like he's got a million highlight blocks. He has, he has a touch for it. But the next thing is not highlight blocks. It's 
rotating early and being there. Like he has some great steal highlights, which is anticipation. Uh, but I'd love to see that anticipation that cuts off the pass before the steal comes, right? Like denies that pass. You see it a little bit, but I think the sort of the sort of grimy role player stuff, the like the hustle plays from Sharp um, would be, uh, you know, I think Seth Partner was written about this. Is like some guys have superstar skill sets, and the example he used was was Brandon Ingram. Like Brandon Ingram does stuff a superstar does. He scores, he passes, like he, he can get his own bucket on his own, but he's not the good enough passer to really be a primary guy. And he doesn't do a lot of the sort of role player scaled down stuff. Whereas someone like Mikhail Bridges has shown that he can be a high level role player and then has scaled up to be a star. I would like Shaden Sharp to sh show he could be like an elite third best player. What Shaden Sharp looks like to me is someone who is developing the skills to be a lead guy. Not a problem if you become a lead guy, but for me, there's like some middle ground there where I'd love to see him develop some role player stuff. That's it's, Some of that's kind of nitpicky. I think he's been fun. I think he's been good. I think you're seeing him get better. Um, and for this season, what you're hoping is the young guys get better and Sharp is starting to check that box. So um, it's, it's, been, it's been solid. It has been a bumpy ride for the other young player in the Blazers' backcourt. Scoot Henderson looks like he's in over his head. And some have called for him to maybe not be in the starting lineup or him to play a little bit less or, or the Blazers to lean on Malcolm Brogdon more. And to that I say, poppycock. That's not what this season is about. Let me explain that poppycock and why I think it's so silly in the third segment. Join me there, won't you? First, let me tell you about FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. And guess what? It's the NFL season. So why not get involved now? And if you're a new customer, you can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So bet a $5 bet for any team to win. Pick a pick one of the good teams. That would be my advice. Um, say like the Eagles or the Niners or the Chiefs are going to win a game. Um, this is not betting advice. This is just general advice on who I think is good in the NFL. There's a bunch of bad teams. You pick a money line winner. You pick someone to win outright for five bucks. You get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets if your team wins. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on the action. App super easy to use, and when you win, you get your money quickly and safely. Uh, and plus, if you get that one hundred fifty bucks in bonus bets because you do get a five dollar bet correctly on a money line, then you can bet on spreads and player props and over unders and all that stuff that you want to do. You can live bet games. You can bet on futures bets on folks to win M MVP and all of that stuff. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. We talked Shaden Sharp, who is putting it together. Now we got to talk about Scoot Henderson, who looks like a 19-year-old playing in a league that he is not quite ready for. In some ways, this is unsurprising. He's 19 years old, playing in his third NBA game. He didn't get a bunch of seasoning in training camp. Um, I would say that, generally speaking, the personnel, like it, the way that you would want to compliment Scoot is a bunch of shooting all around him, right? And a shooting big man and a hard-rolling big man. The Blazers don't have that. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is not a, like a great pick-and-pop threat, and to 
so far has not rolled to the rim hard with much success. Some of it is the way they're playing Scoot because he's a non-shooter. I don't really put that at DeAndre Ayton's feet, but it's just it, it's factually true. Um, he has he has not been that rim threat, lob threat. If you were hoping he would be it, um, your your person, your teammates matter, your coworkers matter, and I think for Da, some of it is his coworkers mattering. Scoot has struggled against the Magic. He committed a million fouls on one possession. I think he fouled Franz Wagner like six times and they called the sixth one. <laughs> uh, it's He threw Cole Anthony out of the way, grabbed him with two arms and moved him with both his hands. Um, it's like, that's, that's a foul at all levels. Um, against the Sixers, he had two where he just kind of like... Um, one where he dug in on a, on 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 uh, from the top of the key on a drive when it wasn't his man just help defense bad swipe it's like what you know either get there with your feet or don't come at all like it just like going in there to do like a, a soft swipe is just giving up an and one at this level and another where he where he just gets over late and gets in the way and commits a foul when his teammates were in position to contest like some just young growing pains type of stuff. Um, the offense is a little bit troubling. Like they haven't against the Sixers, he had a you know the first ninety seconds of the game gets out and gets out on the break, and gets DeAnthony Melton turned around with a quick right to left crossover and scores on a little nice reverse, like just a really nice play, and then just like can't score in the half court. Um, he had two buckets against Philly. Both of them are in in transition. The other one is a transition where he. Uh, two on one where, where Shaden Sharp hit him for a dunk. Like he he just hasn't figured out how to score in the half court. Some of his shooting, right? Like they don't, he doesn't trust his jump shot. Defenders don't respect his jump shot. And he's taken some tough ones off the dribble. He's passed up some easier ones on catch and shoots. Like he's got to, you know, the one he made against 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 the Magic caught at the top of the key, went up quickly and confidently off a of catch and shoot. He made it. That's his one three that he's made. Otherwise, he's missed hard ones and passed up easier ones. You know, he's, he's three of twelve against Orlando. Followed that by two of seven against uh, against Philly. There's no like, n- there's no like he's he's been bad, right? Like, I, I, there's no reason for like I don't need to sugarcoat it, right? Like you've watched him, he's been bad. Maybe not bad in like this shocking. Oh my gosh, I can't believe he's playing like this level. But like he's been bad. He's been bad. He's looked totally overmatched. He looks like he can't score in the half court. Um, I wrote down in my, and I was at the game Friday night in, in the, the home opener against against the Magic. And the first possession, he gets the ball. The first thing I wrote down is KYP. Know your personnel. Because he gets the ball and he drives hard into Jalen Suggs' chest and the ball gets knocked out of bounds. Jalen Suggs isn't very good at a lot of stuff in the NBA. But he's a good on-ball defender. That's what he's. That's why he's playing because he can play defense in the league. Taking, trying to, you know, just blow straight blow by one on one against him. Like that's why Jalen Suggs is there. Know your personnel. KYP. Uh, against Philly, he had a. Uh, uh, they trapped him a little bit on a pick and roll, and he just said, "Oh, I got to get the ball out quick because that's where it is." But instead of throwing a clean pocket pass, he rushed a pocket pass. It gets deflected. Bad pass. They go the other way. Um, he had another play against Tyrese Maxey where Maxey knew he wanted to get to the screen. And Maxey is 
icing it, right? He's he's saying like, you're not going to use the screen. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump that jump the high side so you can't use the screen. And and Scoot tries to use the screen, use the screen, use the screen, bouncing into Maxi's chest. Maxi's not this like elite defensive player by any means, but he knows exactly what Scoot Henderson wants to do. Scoot ends up turning the ball over on the on the sideline. I talked to Jeremy Grant after the Magic game, and I asked him about, like, because he was a second-round pick, and he struggled as a rookie, um, you know, shot like 35% from the floor, and then, you know, figured it out. It ended up being like, a you know, made a great deal of money playing at professional basketball in the National Basketball Association. And kind of like, I was asking him about, you know, what what it takes and if there's a moment for him. And he mentioned the same thing that I kind of had wrote, written in my notebook, was like, you just, like, you got to see film and know what you're doing. You got to know who you're going against. And, he, and, 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 and Jeremy mentioned something that I, I thought was interesting. It's like, if you're coming down in transition and you see four back, right? You see four guys back. That's not when you attack. Okay. But you see that, right? You come across half court, immediately pick it up. No, get into something else, get off the ball or, or, or run something, get, get, you know, get an action going. That's not for you. But if you see three back or if you see the big man's not back and it's just, it's three littles, like, go and that's what you'll get by watching film and getting comfort and all those things after his first game after his debut uh scoot said he played too slow against the clippers he played too slow and he wanted to play faster i'm gonna play faster i gotta play fast that's my best skill I'm, if i'm playing too slow i'm not playing to my strengths and then i thought particularly against orlando he just played 100 miles an hour the whole time driving you know 15 and a 25 and driving 100 and a 25 is no good uh i'm, I'm gonna abandon this this st- stupid metaphor uh b- both of them are not getting you getting you it done but like w- what scoot needs what scoot needs is instead of holding down the accelerator at all times flooring it flooring it flooring it flooring it, flooring it he needs to figure out the change of pace when to go slow when to speed up and use his his, his burst um, because when he plays off two feet like when he gets into the paint and he has to jump off two feet he looks like he's six foot two when he gets to jump off one foot he looks special right he looks like oh that's a really good athlete but he's he's because he is just trying to you know go full speed ahead people are just either cutting him off or staying locked on his hip and then he can't explode like he's just he's not there and and they're going under they're sagging off him they're daring him to shoot they're packing the paint clippers pack the paint a ton um orlando you know they 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 have they have a bunch of length and they put good defenders on him and i think the foul trouble took him out of the game and like philly has freaking joel Embiid who is having a monster night and it just there's got to be some in-between stuff for for Scoot, but because of the way he's getting played, because they're not worried about him shooting threes and he's taking some bad ones, he, the that middle game has been harder for him to get to. Plus, Jeremy Grant's hanging out in the middle and taking a bunch of ISO jumpers. I thought he stopped doing that, actually, against Philly. I should say that. Jeremy Grant took way too many mid-range jumpers against Orlando. He played much more aggressive against Philly. It was best game of the season by far. DeAndre Ayton wants to take mid-range jumpers. Like They're, they're just like spacing stuff with this with this current team. Okay, the poppycock to close the show. After the Orlando game, Chauncey Billups said he's gonna sh- he's gonna start Shaden Sharp and he's gonna start Scoot Henderson, and that's it. Is f- for as long as Anthony Simons is out, it makes sense to just start he, for him the way he sees it. it. Makes sense to just start those two gentlemen because that's it's a chance for them to learn every night. Malcolm Brogdon's way better than, than Scoot Henderson right now, way better. He's been he's been solid. Um, didn't shoot super well against Orlando, but he's been solid, right? Like he has he understands pace. He can get to his spots. Um, 
good floater game. Um, he's going to make some threes at some point, and he's like he can play. It's good. Like Malcolm Brown is good, just straight up good NBA player. Way, 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 way further ahead than where Scoot is. But this season isn't about finding out if 30-year-old Malcolm Brogdon can help the Blazers win seven more games. It makes no sense to me. makes no sense to me to start a start a vet. When Avery Simons was there, he's he's enough better than um, Shaden Sharp and, enough, and, you know, way, way, way better than, than Scoot that, like, I could see a world where you say, let's, you know, they should start Ant and Shaden or they, you know, but like, but to me, what matters is the minutes. So even if you're like dead set on like, Scoot shouldn't start because like I, my JV basketball coach would make me earn the minutes or whatever it was. Fine, whatever. Against the Magic, Scoot played 25 minutes and... Malcolm Brogdon played 31. Scoot missed like the whole second quarter. He would have played 30 and, and Malcolm Brogdon would have played 31. Uh, maybe 33 and 31. Against the Sixers, Scoot played 26 minutes, but he came out with like four and a half minutes left. So he would have played 30. Malcolm Brogdon played 25. He didn't really play at the end of the third quarter. He would have played 30 plus. Even if you swap a minutes, the way the guard rotation works, Scoot's still going to play 30, 31, 32 minutes a night when he doesn't get in outrageous foul trouble. That's the point. That's the right approach. This team isn't going to be good. It's about data collection. It's about reps. What Scoot needs is reps. It's been tough to watch. He hasn't been good, but it makes no sense to limit his minutes. I play Scoot and Shaden together. Figure out what you got. Let him. Let him. Let, you know, at some point, Scoot Anderson's going to have a good game, and it might unlock some of his confidence, or it might just be a blip, and he has some bad games. He might struggle all year long. He's a teenager in the NBA. But it doesn't make any sense to me to limit his minutes. And I like that Chauncey Billups is playing the young guys together. I like it. Let him play. This season isn't about figuring out whether Malcolm Brogdon is good. He looks good and he's playing 30 minutes a night regardless. When a contending team needs a point guard, they'll have seen Malcolm Brogdon be functional. You're not, you're not wasting anything. And when Anthony Simons is out, you got 96 minutes and you got three guards. You're just going to split them up. They're all going to play. You know, Shaden's playing a ton. He's playing like 40 minutes a night. You cut him back to 37. You play the other guys in, in that 31, 32 range. You know, 30, 30, 32 range. Like, that's it. They're cl- they close the game with all three of them on the court against the Magic. Um, they're going to play. They should play. It's the right thing to do. It's This season is about development. And development can be rocky, and if it's rocky, so be it, because the team is invested in Scoot Henderson being good. And you certainly don't pull out of the experiment now. You kind of have to dive in and, 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 you know, get into the choppy waters because you owe it to yourself to, you owe it to yourself 80 games, if not more, but like you owe it to yourself 60, 55 to say like, okay, this it, this isn't there yet. Um, to me, it makes no sense to like prioritize Brogdon in order to be more effective because the wins are a secondary part and the losses are totally fine for this team. Guess what? You're listening to uh, October 30th show, and tonight they play second night of a back-to-back against the Raptors. Tuesday, we will talk about that one. 
more shows the rest of the week. Uh, they, they wrap up the road trip Wednesday and then come back Friday against the Memphis Grizzlies for their second home game of the season. Raptors, Pistons, Grizzlies. Will they get a win this week? Will Scoot Henderson score in double figures and look functional? We'll see. We'll get you covered right here wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Tell your friends about the program. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.